It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Bring it up. This is Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Fun show today. We got some breaking news, and then we're going to chat with college football expert Phil Steele. Phil Steele. He's, um, I think he's a legend. Uh, you, you know him. I'm, I'm sure if you listen to this show, you have bought his magazine at some point. I buy it every year, and uh, I'm excited to chat with him in a few minutes. But first, I want to break some news here. Oscar Chapman of Pro Kick Australia, he tweeted out this morning that he has been offered, and he is accepting uh, an offer to play for the Auburn Tigers. And so he is, um, I think he's Auburn's next punter. I, I would I, I would assume he starts this year. Same organization in which Auburn landed Aaron Sippos, the previous punter. I'm getting a lot of this um, information from Keith Niebuhr of Auburn Undercover. He broke the news this morning. Uh, he's been going back and forth with, um, with Oscar Chapman. I'm still confused about some parts of it. He was offered a blue shirt, but based on what I've read about a blue shirt, you can't play under a blue shirt. And he's also he's also telling Keith that he expects to play this year, that he is coming with the intention of playing in 2020. So I think that is um, something that's going to be ironed out. He's 21 years old, and uh, yeah, he was born in South Australia. He's 6'3", 210 pounds, according to Chapman. And I think that's kind of about the information that you need. He's expected to be on campus by um, by late fall. But yeah, I wanted to read you guys this. This is from SB Nation about blue shirting because I didn't know what that was. I had heard it, but uh, I get that and gray shirt mixed up from time to time. So this is from SB Nation. Blue shirting wasn't used until recently, and it is still not common, but it's essentially another loophole to get around over signing. The blue shirt rule allows schools to put unrecruited athletes on scholarship once they arrive on campus, but count them against the next year's scholarship total as long as they don't play. Here's what it means to be recruited, according to the NCAA. Was provided an official visit to campus. He was not that. Had arranged in-person, off-campus contract with a coach or was sent an NLI from an, or another written scholarship offer. I don't think any of those happen. Coaches can contact players and have them on campus for unofficial visits, when the recruit pays their way without technically recruiting them. Essentially, as long as a recruit doesn't take an official visit or host one of that school's coaches, he wasn't recruited by the school. So that's kind of um, that's kind of what a blue shirt is. And he said that he's accepted a blue shirt. And I mean, he talks about not going on Auburn's campus. Let me find this quote. Once again, this is from Auburn Undercover. This is uh, him talking, quote, I haven't visited Auburn. I've done my research on the school and it's incredible. I can't wait to be there in person. My coaches, Nathan Chapman and John Smith from Pro Kick Australia, thought that this college would be a perfect fit for me, and it's an opportunity I could not say no to. So um, I'm still confused about the blue shirt thing because Keith was saying on the board that he expects to play in 2020 and to be on campus um, by the end of the summer. So... Based on what I just read, you can't do that and have a blue shirt. So we'll follow that and get that information to you. And uh, yeah, I think it's worth monitoring. But yeah, if he's cleared and ready to go, much like Aaron Sippos was a few years ago, he is Auburn's punter. And I don't think there's much of a competition there. So 
Just a reminder, Sipos left early last year, and uh, he was picked up by the Detroit Lions on an undrafted free agent deal. I think that took them by surprise. I think that's why Auburn still doesn't have a punter, is because they were surprised by that. But all right, coming up in just a moment, a conversation with Phil Steele right here on Locked On Auburn. Want to give some love to our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Michael and I went there last weekend and I actually didn't really get to drink much of what I bought until this previous weekend, uh, just a few days ago. And it was awesome. Had some buddies in town. We uh, we took, um, we took a, I don't know, we tried a few different of the beers that I bought as well as uh, some Irish whiskey. And uh, it was great. Also had some wine. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was awesome. And it was all very, very cheap, very, very uh, reasonably priced at Frisky Whiskey. So if you're in the Auburn Oak area, anywhere in East Alabama or West Georgia, take the short drive over to Frisky Whiskey. It's worth every second of it. Save a ton of money. If you're planning on spending over 20 bucks or so, you're going to save money. It'll be worth the drive over to Frisky Whiskey. So it's off exit two on I-85 right when you get into Georgia. Uh, Yeah, can't recommend it enough. Frisky Whiskey. Just type it into your phone's GPS or once again, exit two. Just follow the billboards. They make it very, very easy. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I'm now joined by college football expert Phil Steele, best known for his college football preview magazine. Phil, it's been about a year or so since we've chatted. Uh, How are things? Well, different this year, Zach, but uh, doing good right now. (laughs) Doing good, my friend. Sure, sure. Yeah, you're starting to see uh, people post uh, pictures of them getting their magazine in the mail or picking them up in the store. And it's kind of the, you know, always that that feeling every year around late July. It's like, all right, college football's getting close. Is the feeling a little bit different this year for you? Or are you just kind of full steam ahead doing the same thing you normally do? Yeah, well, the, the difference came back in March when the governor shut Ohio down. So we had like an empty office for two months. We had to push the, the magazine back. We normally send it out the last day of May. Sure. This year we send it out July 8th. But uh, I did get to talk to 110 of the head coaches out there this year. Uh, the magazine's got all the same amount of information as it always does. And I'm looking forward to the football season. I think we're playing football this year. Zach? I like that. I like that. I do, too. I know a lot of people are out there saying uh, otherwise, but I'm in the same boat with you, Phil. So uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on, uh, on the Auburn Tigers. Obviously, you take a deep dive into every every college football team out there. But, you know, I'd love to spend a few minutes this morning talking with you about these Auburn Tigers and just kind of, you know, what do you like about this team going into 2020? Well, what you got to like, first of all, is the quarterback position. Remember last year there was question marks, freshman quarterback, Bo Nix had his ups and downs, uh, struggled on the road a little bit, and you got to think that'll get corrected in his sophomore season. The running back core looks solid this year. Uh, Sean Shivers, uh, Richards, Bigsby, uh, they've got talent there. The receiving core uh, with Schwartz and Stove and Williams, I think that's a solid group. Probably my biggest question mark on Auburn is going to be the offensive line this year because uh, the entire group gone. you got a brand-new offensive line, 
and how quickly they come together is really going to be the key to the offense. Now, new offense corner this year, Chad Morris, look for him to throw to the tight ends a little bit more than what he used to. Last year they threw the second most of any team in the country uh, to the tight ends, so look for the tight ends to be more in play. Defensively, it's going to be your typical Auburn defense. I don't know if it's going to be quite as good as last year's Auburn defense, but let's face it, last year's Auburn defense line was special, and this year, still very good. you got Big Cat Bryant, Truesdale, Hall all up front. I think the line's good. I just don't think it's like the best defensive line in college football this year. The linebacking core, which was a question mark last year, is now solid. Popo, Britt, Tut, all back. Britt looks like he's got uh, high NFL potential. I like that linebacking core. And then the secondary, once again, a little bit of a question mark with all the guys gone, but I still have them rated in my top units at number 48 secondary-wise. The special teams uh, for Auburn, they lose their punter, but Kicker Anders Carlson is back, and uh, I think they'll find a good replacement at punter. They got a Gardner Webb transfer coming in. So overall, it's a good Auburn team, uh, with my question mark being probably the offensive line and maybe the secondary a little bit. Sure, you mentioned Chad Morris. I mean, Auburn fans are so excited about this guy. He and Gus Malzahn, or they've been friends for a long time. They're finally going to get to work together and coach together. It seems like everybody involved is is really excited about it. What kind of impact do you think he's going to bring as far as production? I know you mentioned the tight end. Auburn fans very excited to see the tight end involved. They've been screaming that for years. I mean, do you think this is going to turn into more wins? I mean, we saw Auburn's offense struggle in big games last year, whether it was LSU or Florida, both having to be on the road. You mentioned Bo Nick struggling on the road. I mean, do you think that's what's going to be able to get them to turn the corner this year? Do you think it's going to have that big of an impact? Well, remember last year we thought that Gus Malzahn taking over the play calling was going to have a major impact because he took over the play calling for the bowl game and then uh, took over the play calling. And, you know, Auburn's offense did well at times last year. I think the key is going to be the offensive line as far as impact goes on the offense. I think Chad Morris coming in will utilize the tight end more. He'll work with Malzahn. They'll run a very solid offense, but uh, you got to have a good offensive line to be able to move the football consistently and how quickly they develop is going to be the key. And then you mentioned Kevin Steele's defense lost a ton of guys. I mean, a lot of guys up front, especially as well as some of the, some folks in the defensive backfield. Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of a bigger picture question. I mean, you you looking at all of these these teams, it seems like some teams are very good at replacing talent year in and year out. Auburn's starting to have to do that more and more now that you know Malzahn and his staff are recruiting better over a longer period of time. I mean, you see it with the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States. Uh, I mean, do you think Auburn's at that level as far as they're able to reload now? Uh, I mean, specifically on defense year in and year out? Because they're getting to that point, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you go back and you take a look at the fact they've been in the top 17 of scoring defenses each of the last four years. So that tells you they can reload, and I think they will reload. Uh, now, last year that defensive line was absolutely dominant. Uh, Derek Brown, gone. Uh, Marlon Davidson, gone. But I like Big Cat Bryant. I like Truesdale. I think they still have a very good defensive line. The linebacking core is better than last year. It's more experienced. I rated the number six linebackers in the country, and the DBs are going to be a little bit of a question. But with Kevin Steele running the defense, I do think they reload, and it will be, once again, a top 20 defense uh, with Auburn this year. Sure, sure. We're joined this morning by Phil Steele, college football expert. As far as looking at the SEC, Phil, where do you think Auburn stacks up as far as talent? Then when you take into account the schedule, I mean, where do you see them finishing? 
Uh, I actually picked them fourth in the West this year uh, with the five returning starters on offense, five on defense. I think LSU takes a step back from last year, but they still have a ton of talent, and I think that's going to be a, a major factor there. Now, Auburn does get that game at home, so an Auburn victory over LSU at home would be big. And I'll be honest with you, Zach, last year, I thought A&M was going to beat Auburn, and I thought Alabama was going to beat Auburn in those games, and Auburn surprised me and pulled a couple of upsets. So a uh, home win against LSU, we're talking about third. A home win against A&M this year, you're talking about potentially second. But uh, the team I'm most high on in the SEC West, besides Alabama naturally, sure. is Texas A&M. And you know, going over my conversation with Coach Jimbo Fisher last year, Going over that A&M thing, two things stuck out to me. Number one was their schedule. Uh, I thought it was hellacious, and as it turns out, they faced three number one ranked teams in the country and then faced also the number four and the number eight teams. And the second thing that stood out was they had very few seniors on the entire team. Well, they've got 17 returning starters back. Fisher's got three straight strong recruiting classes he's put in, veteran senior quarterback in Kellen Mond. I really like the talent A&M has. And unlike Auburn, I don't have any questions at the line of scrimmage. they got my number 13 rated offensive line, number 12 rated defensive line. In fact, the linebackers and DBs both rank in my top 10. I think A&M's one of those surprise teams this year that take a step up. Yeah, it seems like A&M was a team last year where a lot of people were really excited about them going into 2019. And then, yeah, you mentioned the schedule. And then, you know, I think a lot of people expected, like you said, um, for them to be able to beat Auburn. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think you made great points as far as them, you know, returning a lot of guys. You know, maybe this is the year. Maybe a lot of folks were maybe a year too early on, on A&M. Could that yeah, have been what? it? Yeah, and Zach, you know, I'll tell you, my conversation with Coach Fisher last year when we got off the when we were getting off the phone, I said, Coach, I'm going to put you on my national magazine next year because the schedule was too tough and they were too young last year. Now their schedule drops to number 66. They may play one top 10 team all year. Wow. And they have a much more experienced team. Whereas the lack of seniors last year, they now have seniors this year. And they did make my back cover this year of the magazine as my number one surprise team in the country. Sure, sure. Phil, who do you like out of the SEC East? I know a lot of folks still high on Georgia, rightfully so. And me personally, I'm really high on Florida. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think most pick, most folks are picking Florida. And I think when SEC Media Days rolls around, whenever that does, Florida's probably going to be the pick to win the East this year. Uh, they've got six returning starters on offense, six on defense. Got a veteran quarterback now in Kyle Trask. Remember when Trask took the field last year? That was his first start ever. Had he yeah. started a high school game. So it really surprised me with the stats he was able to put up. Shows you what kind of quarterback Coach Dan Mullen is. And, you know, they've got a veteran team at most positions. Uh, they rank in my top units in all eight position categories, and most of them are in the upper part. And also, a thing you like about Florida is their schedule. Their schedule is better than Georgia in the fact that they only have three at true SEC road games. Georgia only has three true SEC home games this year. Plus, Georgia's got to play Alabama on the road, and Florida's crossover game is LSU, which is a little weaker this year, and they get them at home. So add it all up. I can see why folks are picking Florida, but I'll tell you, Zach, I'm a defensive guy, and sure. I think Georgia might have the best defense in college football. They have my number five rated D-line, number one linebackers, number four DBs, and while they lose their quarterback, 
Jamie Newman and JT Daniels, those are two pretty good replacements. Newman is 6'4", 230, powerful arm, dangerous runner. He'll remind you of Cam Newton when you watch him. Had a great season at Wake Forest last year. Running back spot they plug in is Amir White, who was my number one running back out of high school two years ago. Coming off a knee injury last year, now he's another year removed from that. A young receiving core last year is now a veteran one. But like Auburn, my biggest question mark with George is the offensive line, because not only do they lose three-and-a-half starters on the offensive line, they also lose Sam Pittman, their outstanding offensive line coach to Arkansas. So offensive line, the biggest question mark, but uh, it was a toss-up for me all off season. I ended up going with Georgia to win East. Okay, fair enough. Where, where do you think Tennessee fits into all of this? They're going to be a competitor this year. And, I, you know, I've talked to Pruitt, uh, Jeremy Pruitt, each of his three years he's been at Tennessee. And go back to the first year, and he was not enamored with the talent he was inheriting. It was not okay. the Alabama-Georgia talent that he had coach the previous years and uh as it was you look at tennessee's first year with jeremy pruitt they not only went had seven losses but six of them were by 25 points or more i mean they were getting buried on a weekly basis now they showed some improvement two years ago uh and last year i should say winning their last six games getting to a bowl game and then pulling out the win but talking to coach pruitt this year he's had three recruiting classes and as he pointed out that first year I talked to them, they had eight scholarship offensive linemen. Now they've got 16. Defensively, uh, when when he took over, they had five scholarship defensive linemen. Now they go 10 deep on the D-line. So it's a much stronger team, a more talented team, and a more veteran team than last year. He feels they can play with anybody on their schedule. I pointed out they're playing Oklahoma, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Mm. He says we can play with anybody on our schedule, Phil. So I do think you're going to see Tennessee be an improved team this year. I just wouldn't put them quite in the mix of Georgia, Florida quite yet. Phil, we've had a really weird offseason. This will be the last question I ask you. Uh, as far as, you know, not really having a whole lot of practices since bowl games got wrapped up, who do you think that benefits most in the SEC? I mean, who do you think is ready to play right now? And, you know, I'll tell you this, Zach, when I, prior to talking to all the coaches, uh, and, well, I didn't talk to them all, 110 of them, the 130, there's never enough time to talk to all 130, but uh, the one thing that was uh, came out to me prior to it was I wonder what the coaches would be like, and the majority of them were like, hey, no spring practice, no problem, next man up, we'll be ready to play. So I think it benefits the most experienced teams the most, and the teams that hurts the most our first-year head coaches, you take a look like Mississippi State this year, they not only have a first-year head coach that did not have the benefit of spring practices, but he's trying to drastically change the offense from a run-based offense to a pass-based offense with yeah. no spring practices and trying to learn the players on the fly. That's going to be a difficult situation for Mike Leach to step into. Meanwhile, your veteran coaches with the veteran teams, I think they'll fare the best this year. Phil, where can people, uh, where can people buy your magazine? It's the best in college football. Hey, I appreciate that, Zach. Well, you can get it online right now at philsteel.com. And if you go to philsteel.com and order it before 1 o'clock any day, we'll ship it out that day, and you get it one to three days. That is philsteel, S-T-E-E-L-E.com. Now, Zach, we normally print about 200,000 magazines. This year we're printing 50,000. The only place it's sold, as opposed to everywhere like in past years, is Barnes & Noble, and books a million. So if you want to go pick up that copy at the magazine store, go to Barnes & Noble, books a million. They'll be available on July 24th. A great place to get it exclusively, Barnes & Noble, books a million this year. Phil, thank you so much for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Zach. A lot of fun talking football with you today. We'll wrap up the podcast in just a moment. There's a few things that Phil said that I want to touch on right here on Locked on Auburn. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Man, that guy knows his stuff. Let me tell you what. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, so uh, I thought it was interesting he mentioned K.J. Britt being um, a high-level NFL guy. That was um, that was exciting for me to hear. You know, he's talking to all these coaches, so he's getting, he's getting insight. And if that's what he's viewed at, I thought he'd be a little short, a little stiff in coverage. But that is... Um, that's huge news. That is absolutely huge news because we know how Owen Papo is going to be coveted by NFL teams. And so uh, I think that's just going to help T-Will um, put even more ammo in there as far as him being able to recruit. So I absolutely loved hearing that nugget. He had the uh, linebackers staying on the topic of linebackers. Auburn has his sixth. I'm going to give you guys time to go buy it before we really jump into a lot of the rankings and stuff that he said. But the sixth best uh, linebacking core in the country. That sounds about right. I mean, you look at this Auburn defense and is reloading a ton of things up front and on the back end, but the linebacking core stayed the same. And a lot of that has to do with KJ Britt choosing to return. And of course, is a Kobe, Chandler Wooten, and then of course the feature here is a Owen Papo. Him uh, him putting Auburn fourth in the West. That um I mean, he backed it up well. That just seems too low to me. I, I just don't know if I really fully see that. He made his argument for Texas A&M. A lot of guys returning. Easier schedule than a year ago. And then, I mean, he's just kind of riding with the assumption. And then maybe it's unfair for me to call it an assumption. But with him having LSU above Auburn, it's really going to come down to who wins that game in Jordan-Hare Stadium this year. I think Auburn's going to win that game. And if they were able to win at home against Texas A&M, like he said, Auburn's in a pretty good spot to finish really high in the West. And if you finish high in the West, you got a chance to, you know, possibly be in a New Year's Six game. So I think uh, I think Auburn finishes higher than fourth in the West. That may be, you know, just the the subconscious orange and blue glasses that I have on. I don't know. I don't know. You know, Phil Steele has done a really, really, really good job with predicting things over you know, the last million years that he's been doing this magazine. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But right now, I mean, even if you had to pick one, it's like, does Auburn win? against LSU or Texas A&M? Like, do they win one of those games? I'm saying yes to that. And if that happens, it's going to be tougher than to finish fourth, in my opinion, unless they drop the ball somewhere else, which could happen. We've seen it before. We'll see. All right. So, uh, yeah, cool. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Be sure to check out philsteel.com and, and order his magazine. Um, mine is on the way. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. I'm glad he mentioned that it was exclusive to uh, those two stores, Books a Million and um, and uh, Barnes and Noble, because I've been really frustrated with uh, with my grocery store that doesn't have it. So that makes sense. That's where I always get it, but it makes sense. Times are different this year, guys. Be sure to check out uh, the pay or the show. Uh, it's on TikTok because that's the thing that you do now. It's also on Instagram at Auburn Podcast and on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. The TikTok is at um, it's actually at Z Blackerby, like my Twitter at Z Blackerby. So be sure to check all that out. Would appreciate it. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.